On today's show, Luka Doncic puts the Dallas Mavericks on his back for 23 points in the fourth quarter. How could the Mavericks come up short against the Clippers with that performance from Luka? And Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans are both introduced to the media today. What should we expect when they're able to return from the court? What are our first impressions? Talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Thank you for over the last couple of days. With the Porzingis news, with everything going on, we hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's because of you guys. Thank you so much. We hit so many different records. Most podcast listens in one single day. Most uh, YouTube views in one single day. Besides maybe Media Day. I think we have to go back and look at that. But definitely most views over a two-day stretch. Uh, Tons of records broken for us. And so we really appreciate everybody that's checked out the podcast. We are a a five-day-a-week plus every single post-game Dallas Mavericks podcast. Nick Engstead here. Isaac Harris using my co-host. He is out hanging out with his family. And today, the Dallas Mavericks fall to the Los Angeles Clippers 97-99. to But Luka Doncic is the story in this one. I mean, let's just just get it out of the way. The hot hot player was Luka Doncic. Absolutely. 23 points in the third quarter. Finished the game with 45 points. Luka had 51 in the career high in the first Clippers game on Thursday night. Then he has 45 points. This one is the most points by far in a two-game stretch for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the rest of that list, so Luka, number one here. Luka, number two, had 90 points in a two-game stretch last February, February 12th and February 14th, so that's probably a, a stretch of time we need to look back on. Mark Aguirre had 87 points uh, in 85, and Luka had 84 points in a two-game stretch um, back in uh Back, you know, the the first the first Clippers game, the game before that, and that's the third most all-time. Then Dirk in 2004 had 83 points over a, a two-game stretch. So Luka Doncic absolutely going off. Incredible performance from him. But the Mavericks come up short. How did they fall to this Clippers team with a performance like that from Luka? There's a lot of things from the first three quarters that we could get into, and we will. But it came down to the end here. And it came down to the end because Luka had Zubats switched onto him. And Luka could score pretty much whenever he wanted to in that fourth quarter. And we'll talk about why Luka had Zubats on him and why Zubats was guarding him. But the last couple of plays, let's just walk through them. Luka Doncic and Terrence Mann had been going at each other all game. Terrence Mann, you know, as one of the, the players. I can't call him a random player anymore because he had a really good game in this one. But one of the, the players that Luka... Has, I guess, some kind of beef with. He goes back and forth with them. They jaw at each other. You know, Clippers fans say Luca has, you know, Terrence Mann has real estate in Luca's head. But at three minutes and 30 seconds, they get a double technical. Luca comes back the other way, gets two free throws, and then there's it's a five point game. Mavericks are only down five at that point. Luca has 34 points with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. After him and Terrence Mann go after each other and get that double technical, Luca had 15 points in the last three minutes and 50 seconds. (laughs) 15 points in that last stretch. But it came down to a minute 38. There's a huge, massive play. Luca misses a shot. 
Mavericks miss a shot. Maxi Maxi gets an oh Luca misses a, a, a wild like tried to throw it over the backboard layup against Zubots when he was switched onto him. Maxi gets the offensive rebound. Luca hits a wild step to the side, step back three in the corner against Zubots. And the Mavericks are only down three. Minute 38 left, Mavericks down three. The momentum is completely in the Mavericks' hands because the crowd is back in it. The crowd at, at certain points in this game really got back into it and helped the Mavs and pushed them. And then they had Luka against Zubats and against th- those defenders. Nobody else could really take Luka. They decided to throw Nick Batum on Jalen Brunson and just completely take Jalen Brunson out of certain moments of this game when they had Batum on him. And they decided to put Terrence Mann on, you know, to around Luka, I guess. But it was mostly just Zubats that was guarding him at times. And so the Mavericks only down three at that point. Go down to the other end of the floor. Reggie Jackson gets an and one. He hits the layup. He misses the free throw. The Clippers get an offensive rebound thanks to a Terrence Mann tap out. Goes back to Reggie Jackson. And Reggie Jackson steps up against Reggie Bullock, who had five fouls. Hits a three right in his face. And all of a sudden, a three-point game goes to an eight-point game in just like 15 seconds. That's right there. It was a five-point possession, essentially, for the Clippers. And I think right there is where the Mavericks lost this game. Now, they had a chance. Luka came back, hit a three after that one. Luka isoed. He had an and one and hit a free throw against against Zubats later. Made it a three-point game later. Luka isoed on Zubats again. Hits that layup real quick with eight seconds left. And so then, all of a sudden, it's a one-point game. And then Jason Kidd draws up a play for the Mavericks to get Luka Doncic a you know left side of, the, of left wing three that he's hit against this Clippers team before and hit a game-winning shot, but he came up short on that one. It just wasn't enough. They weren't able to get the ball to him in the right spot, and it was just too far out. Luka uh, preemptively hit, you know, shot the shot before time had actually ran out, and so that was the end of the game. So that's, that's I think, where, what swung the game at the end here. The Mavericks' inability to get that last rebound after Reggie Jackson misses that three, and then for anyone else to really help <laughs> late in the game. Luca in the last three, min- three minutes and 50 seconds, had 15 points. He took all seven of their field goal attempts. It was literally just Luca. I'm going to go full Chris Traeger on this. Literally just Luca at the end of the fourth quarter here. Brunson couldn't get involved. Bullock was playing timid. Dorian Vinny-Smith didn't get barely any shots in this game. Dwight Powell played a little bit. Maxi Kleba, you know, couldn't get open in this game. There's just a lot of issues. The Clippers played really good defense in this game, and the Mavericks played terrible, terrible offense, which goes to the point. Luke had 23 points in the fourth quarter, and he admits after the game, he said, my first three quarters were awful, just absolutely awful. And he's right. First three quarters for Luka were not good. In the first three quarters, he had seven turnovers. All of them were just bad, just bad turnovers that really took the Mavs out of certain possessions, certain parts of the game. Uh, I think actually four of them may have came in the fourth quarter or the third quarter. Yeah, he had four turnovers in the third quarter. Just a brutal quarter. Mavericks lost that quarter 21 to 19, only scored 19 points in that quarter. And uh, if they had, you know, had played even just decent offense in that, it's a, I think it's a completely different game at that point. Jalen Brunson, while he didn't, he wasn't able to help Luka late, he had a really good first half, I thought. He finished the first half with 15 points, was able to get himself involved in the game while Luka was on the floor. He was able to do the things we've been asking him to do. Okay, play next to Luka. Do the things that a, you know, a, a, a scoring guard does next to a guy like Luka. When Luka takes all the attention, find some driving lanes. Find some open threes. Get some catch-and-shoot threes. Find the open space. And he absolutely did that. It's one of those games where you're like, yes, that's what we want in a guy that plays next to Luka Doncic. That's why Jalen Brunson is probably going to get paid a bunch this offseason. 
And so you're happy for him and happy for that part. But second half, he only scores seven points, three of seven from the field. Just not enough. They, they, they ask a lot of Jalen Brunson now, especially hey, especially with Porzingis out, Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans are not playing in this game, so the Mavs didn't have that extra help, especially with, with Dinwiddie. But with Porzingis gone, Jalen Brunson, there's a lot more asked of him now. He's got to step up. They cannot afford an off-Brunson game. They can't, and they had an off-Brunson half, and they they paid for it. Other guys that stepped up in this game, Reggie Bullock, man, five more threes for him. The only guys that hit threes in this game, Brunson hit four, Bullock hit five, and Luka hit six. Those are the only guys that hit threes in the game for the Mavs. You, you don't think that they could use Davis Bertans maybe a little bit? You don't think they could use Davis Bertans to hit a three here and there? So those are the only guys that, that hit threes, but Bullock I thought had another decent game. He had five fouls. That, that was tough late in the game. For him to be out there with five fouls and try to defend this Clippers team. Clippers, they don't really only score an, I, an ISO. So if, you, if you're ISO'd against them, it's it's really tough for you to, to defend if you got five fouls. It's really, really hard. These guys are also asked to play a lot. Luka played almost 40 minutes in this game and was asked afterwards about the workload that's being asked of him. And he said, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for the workload. And... It helps you get in better shape, <laughs> which I appreciate the candor. Appreciate Luca mentioning that. It's that it helps you get into shape. And we're finally seeing Luca, I think, play into shape, play into the shape that, that we wanted to see him play at the beginning of the season. It's not a coincidence. This has been the best stretch of his season. Also, maybe not a coincidence that February is usually the best stretch of his season because he finally does play himself into shape. But he is. 23 points in the fourth quarter. He's driving a bunch. He wasn't settling for threes. He took a couple threes in the fourth quarter, but he wasn't settling a lot. Only took, you know, he was able to get to the basket, get the contact, exactly what you want from him, but it just wasn't enough. They lost in the first three quarters. They lost it there, you know, at the end of the game. And there's just a couple moments where the Mavs came up short in this one. Got to give credit to the Clippers. Got to give credit to Terrence Mann and, and uh, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson scored eight points in, in that last stretch of the fourth quarter, too. If they had just stopped him a couple times, if they were able to just take advantage of him a couple times and win that matchup on defense, maybe they're walking away with a win in this one too. All right, coming up, let's get into Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Bertans. They spoke to the media. What can we expect? What are our first impressions of these two guys now that they are Mavericks and uh, I think officially Mavericks? We'll talk about that little little conspiracy theory that, that was happening <laughs> around Mavs Twitter. But we'll talk about that, talk about those two guys, what they can do. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar. That tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. I got one in my backpack, of course. Coming home from the game, I gotta get I gotta get myself a built bar. Coconut brownie chunk is absolutely the best one. Delicious. They got brownie chunks on top of it. And you can tell that they're made, uh, they're all different. The, the bars are all different. You can tell that they're made well, and they're not just these, you know, robotic, everything's gonna be the exact same, and it's gonna feel uh, you know, like you can like sometimes you can even like you eat some of these protein bars and you can feel like the hinges or feel like where the they wrapped the chocolate around or whatever. This is not this is not one of those bars. This bar is is good. They're good for you. Go check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your entire order at Built.com. Appreciate Built Bar for sponsoring the show, sponsoring the entire network. They're great. Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. All right, Isaac. I did that. I did that bit for just a couple of you out there that appreciate that. So the Mavericks lose to the Clippers, and if is there not a game where you think, dang, if it would be nice to have a guard off the bench that can score twenty points at, at any given moment, and that's Spencer Dinwiddie. The Mavs. This is the perfect game where you say, man, if they just had 
one guy that could go out there and just give him a little something, give him something else. Because I didn't mention it in the first segment, but the the minutes without Luca in this game offensively were awful, absolutely awful, just terrible. The Mavericks played so bad when Luca was off the court in this game. Even Brunson, Brunson by all accounts had a pretty good game, definitely a pretty good first half. But when Luca was off the floor, he just couldn't get anything going. I think he scored maybe four points. When Luca was off the off the court, by my count, maybe six, maybe he was like five with a free throw, but not a lot. He wasn't he wasn't filling it up. And the Mavericks only got four points off the bench: two from a Josh Green putback and two from a Frank Nilakina like pull up jumper thing. They need somebody. They need somebody off the bench that can give them some buckets. And hey, Spencer Dinwiddie coming in. The biggest thing for Spencer Dinwiddie now is we've heard from him now. We've heard Jason Kidd talk about him. Jason Kidd confirmed that he is going to be coming off the bench for the Mavericks. It's all about how he fits in. How is Spencer Dinwiddie going to fit in on this team? The Mavs cannot play Luka, Brunson, and Dinwiddie together. I, don't, I just don't think they can get away with that. So then how does Dinwiddie fit? Does he fit next to Luka? Sure. Does he fit next to Brunson? That's, that one's a little tougher for me. That one's a little tougher for, for me to try and figure out and to visualize and to see. So fitting in is going to be huge for him. He had a quote during his media availability today that I thought was interesting when asked about how are you going to fit in with this team? You know, the general question people ask when a new player gets added to a team. He said, with that being said, as far as roles and fitting in here, I think that's something I'll continue to go over with the coaching staff. He also mentioned, I'm going to talk about that with the coaching staff in about 20 minutes, right? He's going over what his role is and talk about what it is uh, right after the media availability, basically. And he said, quote, we have two great guards here in JB and Luca. You centered around Luca, of course. He's an MVP candidate. Whenever they tell me to play, wherever they tell me to play is where I'm looking forward to. You know, coming in and hopefully getting downhill and making plays for guys and being part of the process. That's going to be his big thing. Over the next, you know, set of games, he's he's set to play probably on Tuesday against Miami in Miami. But how is he going to fit in? How can he fill in the gaps? How can he come in and figure out his exact role when he gets the ball, when he's going to be, you know, out there? There's he was thrust into this starting point guard role with the Wizards, and it just didn't really work for him that well. Now there's lots of other problems with the Wizards. We'll talk about that when we talk about Bertans, but there's a lot of other things that uh, that were that were wrong with this <laughs> were wrong with his situation with the Wizards. But now he comes in and his role may be a little inconsistent. Or they figure out exactly how they're going to play him, and they play him. They they figure out exactly what role he's going to play. But they got to figure that out soon, <laughs> before definitely before the playoffs. And he has he's, they got to get him in there humming, and figure out exactly what his role is because that's going to matter a lot. Fitting in, finding exactly what's what's going to to happen with him is is going to be huge. Also, Davis Berton spoke to the media. He had a couple of really interesting points. The, the first thing that he mentioned was how he found out about the trade. He said he was taking a nap. He had his phone on do not disturb. And the only the only call that comes through when his phone is on do not disturb mode is from his wife. So he gets a call from his wife and his wife said, hey, uh, you're getting traded. <laughs> he said, wait, what? Hold on. And he said, oh, where? And she said, Dallas. And he said, oh, OK, good. <laughs> and then he laughed afterwards. I think he's going to be he's going to be an interesting one to talk with. But uh, <laughs> I was glad that he was excited about coming to Dallas. But the other thing that I found that was really fascinating from him was he said, you know, in Washington, we had all these different guys. We had all these wings and all these. Washington just has a lot of dudes. They, they really do. They just got a bunch of players that are all kind of on the same level. And they couldn't really figure out the, the rotations. It was inconsistent for everybody. Kuzma, uh, Denny Advia, 
you know, Davis Bertans. They had, they had all these different guys. They had to try and figure out where they fit. The center situation between Montrez Harrell and Thomas Bryan and Daniel Gafford. And then they had, you know, the wings with KCP and Denny Advia and Kuzma and Rui when he came back and Davis. And they're like trying to fit all these different guys, trying to figure out how they work together. And it was just really inconsistent. You didn't know what his role was. Nobody knew what their role was on that team. And hopefully the Mavs figure out a role for him in this team because they need some scoring off the bench. And what can this guy do is fill it up. He can hit some threes for sure. I think his role is going to be more inconsistent than Spencer Dinwiddie's. And I think he may have to, a bigger issue with trying to figure out exactly where he fits in, but he definitely got a role. Mavs need somebody like that. They need somebody to figure out how to hit some threes, get some threes for, for this team, space the floor, give more space for Dinwiddie coming off the bench or Brunson when he's playing without Luca. I think that's exactly, or maybe even playing with Luca, giving Luca more space and finally getting a guy that can hit some corn, hit some dang corner threes for them, for this team. Right? So that's where I think, you know, Davis Bertans is, is going to, is going to fit in. And uh, I think it's going to be a hard one to try and figure out his role. But um, from the first impression from, from Davis Bertans, he's a guy that's coming in. He's ready for a new start. He's just ready for a start that's that's different than what he had in Washington. He's ready to come in and do what it, what it takes. And I'm interested to see how both of these guys seem to fit in with the Mavericks. So this game was a perfect example of when you need both of these guys, right? You got Dinwiddie. He can come off the bench, get some buckets. Dinwiddie, if you look at his time in Brooklyn, when he had some a consistent role, he was coming off the bench for his first that first you know um, stretch and or the, that uh, his his I guess it was his third year in Brooklyn, but it was like the third era. He had like all these different teammates and players, but he was coming off the bench for the 2018-2019 season, and he had he averaged just about 17 points a game off the bench. And then that second year, he was thrust in the starting lineup a little bit more, and he averaged 20 points a game. Like as soon as he figures out exactly what role he has. I think he's going to I think that it's going to work out for him. That first year he was coming off the bench, he was coming off the bench because Russell was starting. I think that was the year Russell like made the All-Star team or something like that. But uh yeah, it'll be interesting to figure out Spencer Dinwiddie's role. My first impression from both of these guys, they're coming in, neither of them have been traded mid-season before. And so that'll be an interesting thing to try and figure out. Spencer Dinwiddie during this game, both of these guys were on the bench during the Clippers game. They were in huddles. Like both of these guys leaning way into the huddle at the end of the game, trying to figure out what shot that they were gonna that Jason Kidd was gonna draw up at the very last shot. But Dinwiddie, especially, I was watching, and he was just on the hip of Jared Dudley the entire game, pointing around the court, you know, motioning, trying to figure out how, what are we doing here, what do we do with this, you know, what's our strategy for these situations, and just talking Dudley's ear off. And I think that was was really interesting. I think that, that this coaching staff is going to help him try and figure out and, and get to the point where he can help this team. And it was interesting to see him and, and Jared Dudley, you know, talking the basically the entire game, every time out that they would talk to each other and figure out. So there you go. Those are the two new guys. Um, and then, you know, the Mavericks lose the Clippers, but we will have a podcast for you on Sunday. We will be back talking, talking Dallas Mavericks. Thanks everybody again for subscribing to this show, listening every single day. We appreciate you guys. Now go check out the Locked On NBA channel and go check out all the Super Bowl stuff. We sent an entire crew to Radio Row to talk about the Super Bowl, to interview people. We got a bunch of interviews on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Go check it out. Locked On Rams was there. Locked On Bengals was there. Locked On NFL, Locked On Today. All kinds of cool interviews coming from Super Bowl Radio Row. So go check it out, guys. We appreciate you hanging out with us. And you know where I stand with the Super Bowl. Who day? Who day think? Who day think going to beat them Bengals? Uh, we'll see what happens. But 
Uh, well, uh, you guys know where I stand on that, guys. Appreciate you listening and watching the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Abs. Peace out. Boom. Uh-huh.